electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Futures not quite ready to rallify this rally we got in Hong Kong overnight, uh, up about 5% on hopes about reopening. Oil, though, is higher, and we did get some signs that European inflation may be moderating. A robot begins with renewed hopes for easing COVID restrictions in China. Chinese stocks headed for their best month since 2003. Elon Musk picks a new fight. This time it's with Apple over ad spending and app store availability. And Disney's Bob Iger telling employees that the company's hiring freeze will remain. Let's begin, though, with the markets trying to rebound following yesterday's massive drop. Uh, The markets in Asia closing at session highs today as Chinese health authorities did report an uptick in senior vaccination rates. That's one thing that did make the wires this morning, Jim, that they're going to start targeting seniors, uh, nursing centers, using big data to identify those who might be eligible for something like that. Yeah, I I mean, I I find all these stories confusing. Military called out uh, the big data. Well, some people feel like they've used big data just to just to kind of figure out who's uh, who the descent. I don't know. Carl. I, I, I was saying to Becky just now. Everybody tries to game China every day, but I don't think China has it under control to be gamed. I think that they, have, they can game the stock market. They can game how many people they think say have COVID. They make up any number they want. But they bring out the military, and then suddenly there's a, a, a downturn in COVID. I mean, none of it makes any sense. And I just think it's a totalitarian country that can say what it wants. And, and I think for the most part, get away with it. Because who's going to say, you know what, those numbers are lies? Certainly not anyone in the country. Uh, Eunice, of course, whom we'll talk to later this morning, had a, a tidbit yesterday that the police are now beginning to search phones for foreign apps, the Instagrams of the world. You know, this uh, is Twitters. a shutdown. Yep. It's a shutdown. And, you know, it's interesting that the stuff that you can make with their, with the new semis, I can basically create someone. And I can create what they say. I mean, can you imagine if you had a, a dissident and you decided to have that dissident say something it looks very lifelike. It's done with code, not computer-generated imaging. And they have that technology. So I don't know. I mean, you can literally try to find there's some, you know, the footage. But the reality is, is that we don't know anything. Big country, don't know anything. Right. It's not often you're stumped, right, in, ter- I am, in terms because of the play. I, I don't understand why anyone would pick a strategy that leads to a recession or decline in growth. I don't know anyone, any world leader that has ever felt that it's worth sacrificing growth, even in the history of most totalitarian governments, they would have some five-year plan to have growth. I mean, this, this is a plan to have less growth, and it, we all know that we have the ability to stop what they're doing. So in, in this then idea, well, he's backed into a corner, President Xi. No one's backed into a corner. All you have to do is just say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to use this. We're going to reverse it. We have our own. Now, all they have to do is call China vaccine. I mean, they reverse generated. It's not like they get to use Moderna. You, so you're saying it's not about pride or no. trying to pretend like you need the West's help. No, it's just just outright confusing. Uh, almost as if 
that that he wants the economy to shrink, and you know he doesn't. So uh, I just that's why I say I, I I told Becky, don't try to game this thing because it's really it's an irrational strategy. There is no zero COVID. You can't. We no one has immunity to COVID. There's no natural immunity. So if you're with someone who's, it's like, you know, people don't, maybe not old enough, but the measles. Like, one kid would come to class with the measles. And then the next day, everybody had the measles. And we don't have anything like that anymore, but that's, you know, COVID's the measles. Yeah, well, you, you talked about that, that during the pandemic. Yeah, Sugar I mean, like, I remember, and, yeah. I remember the kid's name who came in with the measles. And then the next day, nobody's in class because the kid had the measles. I never liked the kid again, frankly. I knew exactly who had it. He knows, too. <laughs> Uh, all right. Then, then what is driving? Let's start with commodities, for example. Well, the oil is up bounce. because of the same thing, because, like, we think that she's going to come to his senses. I mean, who know, what? Because, like, there was less dissent because there was like five fewer cases. The cases are obviously made up. Or why would they lock people down? I, this lockdown is the most serious. I mean, Madrid had a huge lockdown like this where they where if they caught you, they put you in prison sure. and they made you pay a huge amount. Uh and it, it was it worked until you got a vaccine. I don't know what to say here. I mean, they have the vaccine. Do they not care that their economy is, is being driven? When I think that what happens is President Xi does not care. Right. Uh, because he could end this tomorrow. And that's why oil goes up, because everyone just says, well, he can end it tomorrow. Right. Uh, there's also um, the budding fear that will be reintroduced to supply chain bottlenecks right. because of this. Moynihan on CNN today saying possibilities. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think that, that one of the things that President Trump did was start the process of getting away from them, uh, you know, with the Chinese. And that's to some degrees worked. We're not nearly as hostage to their supply chain as we once were. And you can shift. And the companies that, are, that are, know how to pivot, are, look, we keep coming at Best Buy. Like Best Buy pivoted so well. But, you know, Corey Barry's not a show person. Doesn't come out and say, listen, I pivoted well. But there are some companies that are hostage, but they don't have as much much business as they used to have. I mean, supply chain requires two things. Well, a shortage of supply and an increase of demand. Show me what's more in demand than it was a year ago. I can't find anything. When ASEC yesterday, which is just the classic case of decking for your house, had a huge decline in business. I mean, well, it just shows you that all the real supply chains aren't as important. I mean, there's just not a lot of stuff uh, that has demand. We have, we have very little demand for things. Yeah, right although Apple, of course, at the center of all of this. Right, well, Apple's the exception. Which is, you know, past five days, thank you, Bespoke, uh, the worst of the mega cap tech names back below the 50-day. Yeah, and people are starting to say that that's the rollover. I mean, I, I continue to say own it, don't sell it. Uh, obviously, we have a great thing we can talk about later with uh, with Musk and Apple, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is the last of the fangs that haven't rolled over. And the stuff, I mean, I have a whole folder every single day on Apple. And, you know, today I've got, I mean, it's just incredible. So today we got uh, Davidson saying bad things. I have recorded, I know, like a loop is a little worried about. You got Wolf with the technical, I don't like it. I mean, this, this thing is the most, hey, this is the most rotten <laughs> Apple I've ever seen. Your Apple My phone. Apple file. Yeah, every yeah. morning, Ben Stoto gives me my Apple file. And it is filled with things like, China handset checks are awful. And meanwhile, like you watch the NFL, and like if you want to, I mean, I'm thinking about switching to, to T-Mobile and then going back to Verizon to be able to get my kid a 14 and a 14 Pro. I mean, 
The demand is incredible. It's insatiable, but it doesn't matter. We got, oh, look at this. Wolf says they're blow up 50 day. <laughs> got to sell it. Wait, I mean, like Tim Cook. We gotta, uh, call Tim. Let me call Tim. I got just say, listen, Tim, you're below the 50 day. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm changing my view. We are definitely going to get to the. Uh, the suggestions uh, from Elon Musk about conflict well, there he's, he's later fun. on. He's, later on this morning. That guy is just yeah. fun. I mean, you know, we have to have an Elon Musk show. Do we? Yeah, we get it. We put it on YouTube okay. or something. We, and we just run it. And it's just endless things and then getting getting okay. reaction. You can anchor but, that one. Oh, my God. You kidding me? If I did it, he would call in. You say, look, look, that's completely untrue. And you don't even exist. Yes, and I've is, had it with you. This is false. Good headlines. Uh, let's stick with China, though, for the moment and bring in Eunice Yoon, live from Beijing with the latest overnight. Good morning, Eunice. Good morning, Carl. Hey, Jim. Uh, the uh, numbers that you were, guys were talking about, the reported daily cases has now dropped slightly. So that was heartening investors today. In addition to um, Beijing, even though it says that it's going to continue to stick by the zero COVID policy and then mitigate some of the more excessive curbs, we have been hearing uh, more cities making some concessions to be able to appease uh, the, um, the backlash that we saw from the public. For example, just moments ago, Zhengzhou, or China's iPhone city, said that it is going to be able to, it will lift its uh, current lockdown um, as of the 29th as planned. So there had been some concern that the um, city might extend its lockdown, but it says uh, no longer. So uh, this, as well as some of the other comments that we heard from the health authorities, has been uh, heartening investors. The health authorities said that they've been able to make some progress on their vaccination plans. They said they're going to be ramping up their vaccinations for the elderly. Um, they didn't uh, specifically comment on the protests, uh, but they did uh, say that there were some complaints about the implementation of the COVID curbs and that the implementation on a local level was the issue, but they didn't in any way admit that the COVID curbs themselves were the problem. However, all of that is um, adding to uh, some hope that there could be a reopening, though whether or not it's just wishful thinking at this point is uh, still a big question mark. We don't know the time frame, in other words. Guys? Eunice, thank you. Uh, because the wishful thinking, uh, what happens <laughs> overnight? I mean, yesterday we knew that things were really bad and there were protests and there's absolutely no change in the policy. It, then last night the military comes out. We hear that the that elderly are going to get the vaccine and what Apple, where Apple is made, opens up. I mean, th- none of this makes sense to me. The reason it doesn't make sense to me is, is that the whole country can't change like this every 24 hours, can it? Uh, no, um, but from um, a security standpoint, it's gotten quiet uh, because uh, the police presence has been uh, pretty heavy um, here in Beijing. Um, I actually had just popped out to drive around a little bit, and um, the uh, police is, presence is very, very heavy, especially around some of the sensitive areas such as Tiananmen Square. Um, and that's true in a lot of other big cities. Um, also, protesters have alerted um, 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 us as well as others that uh, they've been ha- being contacted from by, by the security. And um, so so the silencing of the protesters, I guess, is something that we were expecting and is has continues to happen. All right. did seem to catch them off guard. Can we just go back because you broke some news uh, talking about what the bill could be for Apple if they if the city is open? Because right now we've got, I've got seven analysts who tell me you can't. There's, there's nothing going on in the factories. That sounds like that's going to be that's untrue. 
Well, Zhengzhou is, um, it's, it's the entire city that says that they're going to be lifting the lockdown. So the, 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 my, I haven't spoken yet to Foxconn, but Foxconn has had its facilities in a closed loop. So they won't necessarily be affected uh, by this decision. However, um, with Zhengzhou itself, um, a lot of people there had been complaining about the, um, the, the lockdown, and it's been going on for quite some time. So now it looks as though it's, it's going to lift finally on the 29th. Hey, finally, Eunice, um, I took note this morning, uh, the chief of the IMF, uh, Georgieva, said it was time for China to move away uh, from lockdowns. Is there anyone's opinion around the world uh, that matters to Xi? I think his own um, and also the survival <laughs> of the Communist Party. Um, the, uh, I mean, there is one thing that was also popped up in, 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 uh, in, in the markets today and that I got on, on WeChat and I think that's been passed around among investors was um, an unverified report that um, President Xi may have, of course, unverified, um, but has had discussions with his chief propaganda um, deputy and that, um, that, that there's some sort of draft that's being discussed that would um, kind of go along the lines of a BF8, which is a variant that would come after BF7, which is currently in Beijing, and um, that that would be uh, declared as uh, somewhat like the flu, and then that the Communist Party could uh, say that it's victorious, that it's been able to save six million lives, and that um, aren't they so wonderful for the past, um, and done a great job for the past three years. So that's the kind of narrative and, prop I mean, again, unverified, but. But that's the kind of story that needs to happen for President Xi to be able to um, change this um, whole um, um, strategy away from zero COVID in a face-saving way for the Communist Party and himself. Sure. I'm looking for off -ramps. Big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. And Eunice is always just out there getting the right story. There's the straight story. Thank you. It makes more sense. Yes. That's great. Uh, Eunice, we'll talk more this morning. I appreciate it so much. Uh, that's our Eunice Yoon. Yeah, Beijing. I mean, obviously, if they can find a backdoor to be able to save face, beginning with the elderly, uh, which is the one that, that's the group that, frankly, we did not do a good job with. 400,000 died. That we just didn't do a good job. He can say he did a great job with the elderly, and now he's going to do a great job with everybody else and become a national hero. Right. Makes we'll, sense. We'll watch for that. Um, when we come back, we'll talk some uh, Elon Musk, as Jim said, uh, going after Apple on these several matters involving Twitter. Details on that. Take a look at the pre-market. Got some data on the way as well. Uh, a little more Fed speak as we got yesterday. More Squawk on the Street in just a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. 
Elon Musk taking on Apple in a series of tweets yesterday claiming, quote, Apple has threatened to withhold Twitter from its app store but won't tell us why. He goes on to call Apple's app store fees a secret 30% tax. Uh, Washington Post this week, Jim, did say that Apple was the biggest advertiser, at least in Q1. Look, I've been involved with, started the street.com in, in 96. Always at, at odds once we got rolling uh, in this decade, whether we should do Apple or not. Uh, you know, it was one of these things where you paid Apple and then you had a lot of subscribers or you didn't pay Apple and you didn't have a lot of subscribers. I mean, now you could say, well, that's just unfair. I always said, hey, you know what? I'd rather have subscribers than not. And here he is again with the tax. Now, this is always like, you know, there's this, there's always someone at a company who says, I'm not paying the 30%. And that person is almost always wrong. In this case, Apple, big advertiser. I mean, this guy's as wrong as you can get. He should look at where his people are coming from, the high-quality people. They, they come from Apple. Uh, I mean, if he wants to do this verification right. thing, does he know what he's doing at well, all? Well, he did get some backup from, say, uh, Epic Games yesterday. Oh, yeah. Well, they are, right? that's the lawsuit. Yes. Now, they're also <laughs> Senator, power. Senator Mike Lee. Does the Senate Judiciary take a look at this through the antitrust subcommittee? Yeah, they've always said uh, California antitrust law. My, my problem has always been, everyone's problem has always been in the legal arguments, is do you want to do well, which means you pay the piper, or do you not want to do well, which means you don't pay the piper? And it really is a half a loaf situation. And I don't know why anyone thinks, I mean, look, maybe you go behind the scenes and you can say, look, I'd like, I'd like a better deal. Uh, I can cut back your costs. You can cut back mine. Uh, and maybe that exists. My experience with Apple is you, you can tell them, like, they were using a lot of my stuff. A- and I was thinking, oh, maybe I ask them for, like, a discount. But it's not, you know, that's like going into Home Depot and saying, you know, the wool, I see you got to wash your dryer for, like, $2,000 combination. Yeah. I'm willing to pay you 1700 today. They're like, what are you, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Get out of your mind. Well, this uh, is Home Depot. Others are pointing to the precedent that Apple has set regarding content moderation, namely uh, the battle they had with Parler. Back in the day, right. we remember that, right? And, well, does, and does that is that a template for them well, to say they were they were able to crush Facebook, crush it when they made it so you couldn't. Right. They just they can crush anybody, but they're not bad. They're good actors. I mean, what Apple's always been trying to do is make it so that the customer does better. Uh, they are the most customer centric company in the world, which is why I always find anybody who thinks that they have monopoly. Yes, they're monopolists on trying to be a good citizen for you, the customer. And I don't know whether anyone ever reads anything by Tim Cook or listens to Tim Cook, but it's what the customer wants. Like, I once had a discussion with Tim about how my daughter didn't like the new plug. And, you know, initially he was like, he he, he rebelled. And then he said, well, she's a customer. I I wish we had been, this is a better product. In other words, he has always... That's what he's about. Sure. It's so true north. I, name me another company that is thinking about the customer. Uh, meantime, uh, Morgan Stanley, Adam Jonas, has a piece out today about whether or not Musk's involvement in Twitter has not only fed negative sentiment on the stock, but in his view and in the survey's view, could drive downside to fundamentals. I absolutely just love that survey. Now, I, sometimes Jonas is hit or miss, but this was a, a hit. And the, num- the, per- the people who were in uh, the survey and the numbers were really extraordinary. The Twitter bias, uh, cautious bias, I loved it. And I think find this much more valuable, say, than Tony Saganegi's piece today, which basically says, look, I like it, I hate it, I like it, I hate it, $150, you know. Right. 
Well, yeah, Adam, you say potato, saying, I say potato. I mean, get I to 150, and, and it's time to uh, roll out the, the roll up, bring up the truck. That's what Jonas is saying. Test the yes. 150 bear case. Yeah, because it's a, it's a in the end, it's the company that makes the most money in EV. Uh, look, I, I I think that people are really trying to figure out a way to when to get in front of Tesla. And what I thought about Tony's piece was incredible, as opposed to Jonas's. It's down 48 percent year to date. That's like what a that's like a what one of these really bad enterprise software companies down. 48 yep. percent. I mean, it's not 23 and me, but it's Cool. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell this morning. A bunch of names uh, to get to, including uh, Disney and Snap and Microsoft and Ride. Take a look at futures. More Squawk on the Street continues in just a moment. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Things are about to heat up as uh, the next several days bring us a ton of data. Obviously, Powell, more Fed rhetoric. Uh, there's a look at futures. A little bit split today. Uh, we'll get to some of the names uh, in the Dow that are actually hurting futures this morning. Opening bell coming up in a few minutes. And don't forget, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back in a moment. Let's get to Jim's mad dash ahead of the opening bell. A very thoughtful piece from Morgan Stanley today. Time to be a bull or a bear on Boeing. And the bull case is really laid out here, including the fact that they're, uh, I thought this was really important, that the, the worst is behind the company in our view. And they're using a, a very large 317 price target to talk about the fact the stock has been better than a lot of the stock, uh, other stocks, looking at just in the overall S&P. But what I really like about it is that they're saying that there's, been these defense risks, that defense has been not good for them, and it's been a reason why numbers have come down. It's so sloppy there. I don't even understand how Boeing, I mean, there is a misstep every day at Boeing. Just overlook those. Forget the execution missteps in defense. It's, uh, this is a, a call to buy, even though it's called time to be a bull or bear. The answer is it's time to be a bull. I like it because there is such aerospace demand that it's so hard to screw up. I'm thinking back to Calhoun's last appearance with us where he, for example, did the Mia Culpa on the Air Force One program. And you've been resistant on BA for a yeah, while. Yeah, well, it's just that I just can't take my child's trust owned it. We sold some high, some low. But I couldn't take the endless missteps. I mean, you would come in, and it would be something you didn't even know they had that was a problem. A massive charge on the quarter. Yeah, you know, a problem with Boeing Virtual in Delaware, you know, at, at south of the Philadelphia airport, where it's just not working for Virtual. And I'm like, I thought they closed you. Virtual? I mean, Virtual? I mean, I'm tired of that. I, I just, there's not a lot of companies where you wake up and there's just some new thing that went wrong. Right. And Boeing is one of those. But this is not a play on commercial aviation demand long term? Backlog? Well, they're just saying, you know, 737 max and orders, but it is about uh, that there's just a shortage of, uh, the shortage of planes is remarkable right now. Only two companies make them. Uh, again, th- this idea that commercial air commercial benefits are going to improve. The price the price target is pretty bold. I think that Calhoun has to put together two quarters where there's something that we haven't didn't know about that went well, right, and not bad. And then of course there's China. 
right? China. Which and we I think talk about we, all the time. Yeah. But I do think that defense I've been worried about. I mean, think about it. You've got a land war in, in Ukraine. Big land war. Now, I know this is aerospace, but, you know, they could. There's a lot of things Boeing, our government could do to products, whatever. I mean, we could, we could give them Patriot missiles, which, of course, is Raytheon. But... I don't know. I mean, the, this wrestling is like I'm waiting for the line, which says, and if Calhoun did not screw up this quarter, this stock goes. But it's not in there. <laughs> but it's just, it's kind of in there sub rosa. Yes, yes. But people don't want to hurt people's feelings in our business. And one of the reasons is because Calhoun is incredibly nice. <laughs> yes. There's the opening bell. Is Bob Iger nice? We're going to talk about Disney in a minute. There's the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, it's SP Fund celebrating its Dow Jones global uh, ETF. And at the NASDAQ, Atlassian's pledge 1%. Companies pledging equity to social impact work pre-IPO. Oh, sounds like the uh, Mark Benioff's one-on-one plan. Uh, Jim mentions Disney, and there's been a lot written this morning about Iger's town hall, uh, the hiring freeze to remain, uh, calling any notion of Apple-Disney merger pure speculation. Yeah, but I like the the pivot toward profitability is great. I thought the quizzical thing with the article was uh, he recently he was recently listening to the music from Broadway musical Hamilton. Yes. Specifically the song, What Did I Miss? sung by the Thomas Jefferson character, which contains the lines, there's no more status quo, but the sun comes up and the world still spins. Interesting. I think you should listen to Sondheim, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe Send in the Clowns. <laughs> well, that would be the JPEG era? Yes. Send in the Clowns. Send in the Clowns. <laughs> now that's going to make me, Isn't people it rich? dislike me and whatever. Um, but, but but more speculation that he's going to have to trim. If he's oh going to focus God. on profitability. They send in the clouds. I mean, the numbers were, I mean, it was just a giant black hole. And I think if you go for profitability, you can mine that considerable library. Now, one of the things that that right now, uh, if I were Bob Aguirre, I would be saying, I wish Jim Cramer would shut up. He doesn't work at Disney. I know anything. But like, I, I kind of studied the company, and there is just too much money being spent and not getting a return. And if you run the thing for profitability, I think people, my chapel trust owns that we want to, we actually, I'm talking about doubling down the darn things of how much I like Iger. I like Iger's work uh, because I, I'm not saying Iger's a nice guy. Right. I'm saying Iger's going to get the job done. Right. I think he's this really serious business person who cannot stand the losses. Even if some of them were, were started during his period, he's just not going to take it anymore. So I think the narratives on the conference calls are no longer going to be, hey, everything's fabulous, everything's fantastic, everything's fabulous. we're losing a fortune. That's done. That's done. He owns up to problems, and that's why it's going to be a joy. Right. Uh, Guggenheim today does reiterate a yes. buy. Uh, you think here, mid-90s? Done. Buy. You're in. Buy. I thought the Guggenheim piece was very strong, very well argued. And I do think that uh, this is a man who also understands the value of the theme parks which amazingly Chapek from the theme parks, did not emphasize the theme parks, uh, understands the value of the library, would, would never tell Scarlett Johansson, you know, take a hike. Right. The wrong take a hike. I mean, no, no, like one of the most beloved people on earth. No, no, I mean, no, no. Uh, other, no, no. Uh, the other big Dow name in the news this morning is UNH, Jim. Uh, analyst meeting today. Uh, the 2023 20, guide, a little bit tepid. Oh, they do that, and then they report the quarter, and it's much better. It's yeah. like, I mean, like, do people still, people like, are, don't they know that game? I mean, are you kidding me? That's the UNH game. That's what they do. 
I remember when I interviewed them at the J.P. Morgan conference, they had done the same thing. And then in January, I got interviewed, and they were like, well, you know, it turns out that it's better than expected. Well, but, yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, biggest decline in the S&P is one of the great stories of, of, of today. Genrack. Yeah, great. Did you read the piece? I, I did. It's Why an amazing it, piece. The F-150 is going to hurt their sales because you can let your house with the F-150. I sent it to Jim Farley. Let's see if he's responded because this was one of the most amazing pieces ever. It just basically says that Genrack's business model is being called into question. Uh, a game changer. What they said is a home electrification game changer. They go to underperform, uh, Jeffries does. I thought that was it, it's astonishing. That stock has been just, that's been the, um, that's been the Roku. Of, 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 the, of that business. Well, I, it's not fair to compare it to Roku. Hey, did you which, see which, the yeah. key downgraded Roku? They I, liked it at 500, but there's, it's no time like the president downgraded. Uh, key goes to sector weight. Um, market share declines. They say the company's between a rock and a hard place. He said they, they can't cut back investment in North America. No. Uh, and yet they're obviously having Yeah, it was, it was very It was very Zoom-ish, if not Peloton-ish. With sh- share loss. Yeah, connected TVs. Oh my God, the list of the list of, of problems. It was like Job, you know, claiming the loss of TV partners, content disputes, pace of international expansion, advertising industry sensitivity. I mean, pace of development of the digital video advertising. Basically, just saying nothing's going right at Roku. Now, interestingly enough, when the stock was at 500, was everything going right, or was it just kind of masked by the fact that we had this thing, giant thing, COVID, kept people home. No. Right. A lot of the video game guys are the same. It's like, people are still playing games. Well, yeah, but they're not using it on the handle. I mean, there was a pandemic, and some companies did very well. Uh, yesterday I got an ad. Did you get the ad about Peloton, you know, 180% off in their apparel? Did you get it? It was like, really, it was like the level of, of the discount in their apparel was, if I clipped it, I was afraid it would arrive at my house without even ordering anything. You know, one of those things, like, they're fishing? Yes. Did you buy? Any Peloton gear? No, I immediately went to Lululemon and paid paid five <laughs> times more, and I'll get the same thing. Um, Activision, though, speaking of gaming, uh, it's down a percent, but this Reuters piece arguing that Microsoft will at least offer some concessions to the EU, including a licensing deal with Sony. As with Kroger um, and, and Albertsons, it, it's not the EU. It, it's um, it's Lena Khan. Yeah. I don't think people realize that Lena Khan is an a, a autocratic individual who was put in because uh, President Biden believes that President Obama approved too many mergers. And it was ob- under Obama's watch. So there is a, a belief, you know, you put in someone who is that uh, dictatorial about the group, you're not going to get, you know, these mergers are going to, I always want to know what lawyers are doing. And the answer is, is that, well, they, they could win in court. Um, Microsoft has to say, listen, we will go to court to get this deal done. Right. We're, we're, we don't care. We're going to get it done hell or high water. And I'm not getting that feel. You're not getting that feel from no, I'm Microsoft? Getting, no, I'm getting the feel that Microsoft's, time, Microsoft's doing incredibly well. It's a very nice piece today, Morgan Stanley, by a very good analyst, Keith Weiss. Why we like Microsoft here, and it's all about the, that it's a commercial product, not a consumer product, demand very strong. This is not a piece about Activision Blizzard. This is a piece about a real company that is doing incredibly well, and that's the way we should think about this. And I just don't think Activision Blizzard is important anymore. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned the White House, Jim, and the president uh, did call on Congress to get involved in a potential rail strike before the cooling off period ends on the 9th. 1992, two-day strike. Congress said get back to work. President Biden heavily involved with the actual contract to start. 
So he's backing himself. Uh, I've been saying that this is the worst you're going to have is a 92 situation. And I think uh, the, the, most of the rail companies, we had a couple of rail upgrades today. In yeah, price, uh, Deutsche Ups UNP yeah, to buy, and that, reiterate and, buy. Right, and, that, and that's uh, the CSX, I think CSX is doing incredibly well. Norfolk Southern doing incredibly well. I think this group is so right, so right to buy. And don't forget, Kohl's come back because the EU, because Merkel, sorry. Well, I mean, uh, Deutsche's got a big piece on transports, and then they also up UPS. How do you like that? To buy. On margin expansion. As they say, raising margins when volumes are falling is hard to do, uh, but that they have operating leverage to do that and more. That, that's true. I mean, look, I, I like the piece because I believe in Carol Tomei, and I do think that uh, they have the possibilities of doing well, 3% yield. But uh, you, you buy it, and then FedEx comes out the next day and says things are worse than expected. Then what do you do? And FedEx is up $3. Will they, on, you know, they, they, they have hurt themselves by their own uh, forthright nature, which is to give you pretty much too much information. They don't want you to buy Fed, the FedEx people do not want you to buy it without knowing, hey look, there's some reservations here. Mm -hmm. But I like the UPS piece because it it is, UPS has got a lot of room to cut if they have to. Big contract coming out. Look, I have a soft spot for Carol Tomei here because the stock really went down off of uh, a guidance not off of the numbers, and they could revise the guidance up if things go a little bit better. Right. Uh, the other big research call before we get to uh, Snap and some others is uh, Darden, Baird uh, cuts to neutral, Jim. They argue that a lot of the telltale signs for casual dining, home prices, maybe employment, are beginning to look a little wobbly. You know, home prices are more expensive than dining out prices, and I think that I thought that that Darden piece was a little bit more of a victory lap. The guy liked it much lower. It was a really good call. A lot of people didn't think it, uh, it was the right time to buy. I don't want to get off the Darden trade. I really don't. I mean, I, I think they offer great value to people, and people want to go out. Right. It, 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 it's you get off Darden. I mean, if you've been to anyone's been to any of the, like their steak places, are fantastic, yeah. both high end and and low end. I don't want to leave that train. All well, the charts charts a survivor on a relative basis, down three for the year is not bad. No, um, and they're very good. I I think a lot. I like I like Wingstop. I like Darden. Uh, I like uh, Portillo's, not just because I like to show the bear. You mentioned Wing and uh, the journal piece yesterday on chicken prices are plummeting. They're killing it. I mean, you know, a lot of the Wing places are now offering uh, deals because they know, I mean, they're just, the margins are incredible. Look at the Wing stop. There's the chart you want. That is not the chart of an enterprise software. Software is a service, <laughs> the vertical for Wings. <laughs> That's an actual business. You go there, you get wings. Yes. What a business. What a business model. They make more money because wing prices went down. That's what I want. I don't want to hear there's an elongation. I don't want to hear that there's macro worries. I don't want to hear that it's now C-suite. You can't just get a check off. I don't want any of that. I want to like, hey, I'll take some wings. Hot sauce, please. What's so um, hard about that? Snap, Jim, uh, the company confirming this 80-20 hybrid model in office. Um, starting, I think, in February. What'd you make of that? Well, okay, so I read and I said, what would really help is not how many days they went to work, but getting business. I mean, they could come to work six days a week and not have any business. I mean, I love that. It's like staff told to be in office four days. To do what? <laughs> to do what? Yeah. You know, um, play games? They, don't, they need business. You know, it, it, it's kind of like, that's, that, that's a star kiss, right? That's, that's Charlie the Tuna. They, they want tuna that, that has good taste. I want business. And 
you know, these guys, I'm not saying that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's in town, this, or, or I don't know if he's in town, maybe Zoom with, uh, with Andrew at his unbelievable conference, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin. But if, if Facebook's not doing well, if Meta's not doing well, I, I don't want to buck the trend and start buying Snap because they have more people back to the office. Do I think that that's a, a cultural shift on their part? I, I think it's more of a desperate shift. Interesting. Uh, we haven't really touched on crypto yet, but we had the BlockFi bankruptcy announcement yesterday. Uh, exchange Bitfront uh, shutting down, according to Reuters, and you know, hovering right around the 16K level, right on the uh, Someone's making a stand. Thank God it isn't the usual FTX. I don't know whether this stand can be maintained. I still think that this is the height of speculation. Uh, I always wish that it's be down these days because I don't want the Fed to say, Sub Rosa, uh-oh, Bitcoin's moving up. Our job's not done. Yeah. Because Bitcoin, a couple of years ago, you know, Bitcoin's still up really big. You know, they don't like anything. They wouldn't turn the clock back to, to 20, to March, of, no, June, January of 2020. Yeah, yeah. And Bitcoin's got to go lower to fit that pattern. I really believe that somewhere within the Fed, there's a model which just says, if we could just get the economy back to where prices were at the beginning of 2020, we're done. But that's a really tall order for a lot of things. Well, we had Williams yesterday around noontime. Uh, basically say, well, he did telegraph potential cuts in 24, right. but says we're, we're a ways away from getting there. And then you had Bullard sort of uh, revisiting the slideshow he had a couple of weeks ago where he said he got to get into the five to seven range. I know, but, and I, I really like Bullard. I've had my go-arounds with him, but yeah, that's, that's just, look, it's just really bad for stocks. There's no, you can't get around it. Five to seven is, I don't want to be in stock. My, my charitable trust would be like, Go up to 40% cash. I've never done anything like that. But if you're going to get ca- get that return in cash, you really got to rethink how you feel about stocks. Well, although um, people today pointing to gas prices, national average 351, Jim, the most common price is 339. And Gas Buddy says maybe headed to three. That would help November CPI. Yes. Thank you. I mean, no. I mean, that, you know, we're, we're beginning to get some. Uh, Mary Barra told me in an interview that CEO of GM, look, the chip problem's over. You know, a lot of supply coming. Right. The John Deere call saying that, look, we're, we're now, we're not supply, that's not CPI, but we're, we're not supply constrained. I mean, there's a lot of companies that are not supply constrained. And then there's the glut, like AZEC talked about at Home Depot. Microchip guidance today? No, we've got come to grips with the fact a lot of things are going the Fed's way. That's why I wish Bullard would revise a little bit and just say, you know, we're winning in some fronts. You never, I don't think they want to declare victory anywhere. And I totally get that because they are very rigorous now. This is not 2018. I mean, they I mean just, they're going to, the data is going to do what it does, but the rhetoric will stay the same until it's overwhelmingly convincing. Yeah, I really, that's exactly my thinking about what's going to happen. And I, I think Jay Powell's right to do that. You don't want, the last thing you want is to have a, a soft month and then a strong month because then you look like, well, I, I really didn't, I didn't mean it. I, I think the bullers should stay out there with that. That's the bear case. Why not even look in Wall Street? We have bear cases all the time. He's given us the bear case. I also think there's something about him that I find charming, even though he would devastate the markets. I'm like, this, yeah, five to seven. That, that would destroy me. I'd lose my job, but five to seven. You know, I mean, you know, he's like one of those guys that says, look, we, it's a three-year rebuilding process, and then we'll still be in last place, but don't worry about on, it. On to Cincinnati? I'm, on to Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> Reference to the great Belichick, the formerly great Belichick, yes. with the Brady Belichick. <laughs> um, so we got 39.60 to start this Tuesday. Let's get to Bob Bassani this morning. Hey, Bob. Guys, uh, flattish open, but this is a tough market to figure out. It's what I call a 
pocket picker market. You don't have a lot of trends here. So take a look at the at the sectors here today. So remember yesterday what happened? What were the big decliners? Uh, energy stocks, metal stocks, semis were the big decliners. Healthcare was a relative outperformer. So what's the opposite's happening today? Uh, general outperformers, energy, metals, uh, semis were positive a short while ago, and healthcare is underperforming. So it's sort of the opposite. That's what I mean about a sort of a pocket picker market here. If you take a look at the, the energy stocks yesterday, remember what happened? Everything, all the big players were down uh, one, two, three, four percent. Today, all the big players are up one, two, three, four percent. Although, as we've noted, the long-term trend in oil has been decidedly down. We're near 52-week lows in oil. These stocks have been holding up remarkably well on that. What has been holding up pretty well, and there's a real rally going on in China stocks. It's been a little choppy, but think about what's been going on here. Uh, Alibaba was $60 a month ago. It is $80 today. The market seems to want to believe that China is in a slow, fitful reopening process. Obviously, it looks perilous, that path, but that's what the market's kind of trying to believe at this point here. Uh, two big days in a row up for the uh, China stocks here. Uh, Powell is going to be the story this week. All sorts of notes in the last 24-hour comments from traders. They're all generally hawkish. They think Powell's going to be hawkish. He's going to reiterate his hawkish position. He's going to talk about the labor market. He's going to say it's still too strong to be consistent with diminishing inflation. He's going to talk about the peak rate. It's going to be higher than we thought. It's going to be higher than the FOMC thought it was in September. He's going to be higher for longer for the peak rate uh, out there like uh, uh, Bullard reiterated yesterday. And, and bears are insisting Powell is not really delighted about a lot of things he's seeing in the markets. Now, the trend in oil is certainly a very good thing. Oil's down, what, 9% so far this month, and we're near 52-week lows. Put up the next full screen. But stocks and bonds not going in the right direction. Stocks have been rallying nicely. There's a 10% rally from the October low. And more importantly, bond yields have been declining. Mortgage rates have come off of their highs. They're still obviously very high. And all of this um, has the perverse effect of creating and somewhat an easing of financial conditions when the Fed really wants to do the opposite. They want conditions to tighten. So a lot of the bears are out there saying he's not happy with these bond yields declining, with the market rallying, uh, and he's going to try to be as hawkish as he possibly can. And this is the main reason why the bears think there's a ceiling to the rally. So look at where we are on 2023 earnings estimate. They're, right now they're at $230. They're expected to be up 5%. If you have an average historic multiple, 17 times. Do 17 times 230, you get to 3910. Well, wait a minute. The S&P 500 is at 3960 right now. To argue for a higher price right now, Carl, you have to make an argument for essentially a soft landing. You have to say earnings are going to be fine. There's not going to be any serious recession. And just an average multiple uh, is going to produce, you know, the average returns that we have right now. So the bears have a good point. You've got to really make a case for no serious recession to happen at all for next year. Carl, back to you. Thanks, Bob Pisani, this morning. As we go to break, let's watch bonds. We're going to get a little more eco data at the top of the hour, see how treasuries are faring as we've been uh, circling around some familiar levels, at least on the two-year. There's just south of 4.5 and the 10-year at three and three quarters. Dow's down 36. We're back in a moment. Coming up next, it's Stop Trading with Jim as the Dow's down 62 to start Tuesday. Later today, don't miss another special CNBC Pro interview, this time with Fundstrats founder Tom Lee. He'll be answering your questions directly at CNBC.com slash Pro Talks. It all starts at 3 p.m. Eastern time today. We're back in just a moment. 
Let's get to Jim and stop trading. On Thursday, Ulta reports, and we got another price boost today. Piper this time, 510 to 525. When you get these small price target boosts, it's typically a signal that it's time. It's still not too late to buy. The stock was at 380 on, on October 20th. It's now up to 450 on this Thursday. I do expect a blowout quarter, and it is incredibly well run. But boy, is the stock extended. Uh, I do fear that uh, I think it goes up. You, you'll make some money, but I wish the stock would go down a little bit beforehand just so that you don't feel like you're coming at the top. <laughs> coming a little bit hot. What oh, do you, you, man, you, is that's, that's the best retailer in America, uh, other than Lulu. And I just think we have to pay quite attention to the fact that there's so few great retailers right now. Ulta is one of them. It is incredibly well managed. Pretty amazing run. Uh, how about yeah. tonight? I have, today's Emerson's day. They have the analyst meeting now. Emerson does something that I really like. It makes things and does stuff and makes a profit and returns capital. So it's the opposite of tech. <laughs> um, at some point, we'll have a discussion about industrials and whether they're we long in the to. truth. Oh, well, look, I, I think that one of the things great about Emerson is it reinventing itself. It does have a great software division it's been it got a, a cooperative venture with. But a lot of the companies that we deal with, we're going to begin now with the work days. And with the, we have uh, uh, CrowdStrike. They're great companies. They're going to report numbers that would have sent the stocks up 20, 30%. I'm afraid the environment is not conducive to that anymore. Right. We are on the cusp of a bunch of big earnings next and to great three, four companies, days. but they're, they're not like Emerson. Right. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Good work. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. After the break tonight, a lot more on Elon Musk taking on Apple as the markets here have uh, some moderate declines. Dow's down 75. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.